Joshua 1. Everybody go ahead and turn to your Bibles. Joshua 1. I'm also going to go into Exodus 16. You don't have to turn into Exodus 16. I'll just read it for you. But Joshua 1, uh, we're going to look at 11 verses. Joshua 1, um, you can open up your devices or whatever you use nowadays if you use the device or, or, or whatever. And some of us got iPad Pros uh, on the front row over there. It's really cool. And so uh, the cool pastors have iPad Pros. I'm stuck with paper. You know. But anyways, I, I used to use an iPad. This is a side note. I used to use an iPad. I got up to preach one time, and the iPad froze on me. So I lost all my notes right there. So I had to just like freestyle it the whole time. So from that point on, I've went to paper. So anyways, we'll just go away. We'll just go on. Joshua 1, 1 through 11, it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses is aid. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them. To the Israelites, I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Verse 8, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. So that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and, and courageous. See the theme? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people. Verse 11. I love this. Pass through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land your God has given you for your own. In Exodus 16, 35, it says this. The Israelites ate manna 40 years until they came to the land that was settled. They ate manna until they reached the border of Canaan. The title of my message this morning, this is something I'm not very good at. But this, the title of my message this morning is Passing Through or Stuck In. Passing Through or Stuck In. If there's anything in this life that I believe is elusive right now in our culture and society, it's the word known as purpose. Everybody say purpose. Every, everyone tries to do the what without the why. Everyone wants to discover the what without discovering what the why really is. You see, I've learned this in my life. You will be angry, frustrated, burned out, bitter, defeated when you continue to do the what without the why. When you continue to do the what without the why, you see, the why is the purpose. Your purpose in the life, your purpose in this life is why. What good is it for God to move if you don't know where you are going? Your purpose. So you have to discover the why. You have to discover the why. Discovering your purpose has advantages. 
Because this, when you know who you are, you will know who you are not. You know, purpose needs two things to function correctly. The first thing that it needs is passion. Passion. You have to find out in this life what you're passionate about. You know, it's that thing that whenever you, you get around it, your voice changes. There's excitement. There's energy that comes. Something that, that burns inside of your heart. Something that you can't stop thinking about. There's a passion. We have to stop doing things that we have no passion for. Are you with me? We have to stop doing things that we have no passion for. And we have to stop settling for just the what's in our life. We have to discover the why. And said, Paul said it better. He's, he actually said it best. He said, this one thing I do. He didn't say this hundred million thousand whatever things I do. He says this one thing I do. We don't die when our hearts stop beating. We die when our hearts stop skipping a beat in pursuit of our passions. What are you passionate about? In order to discover your purpose, you have to define what you're passionate about. What you're burning for. The next thing you need to know is a problem. You need to have, in order to discover a purpose in your life, you have to have passion, but you need, there's a, actually needs to be a problem. You find the problem you were created to solve. Everything that was created is to solve a problem. When you think about it, when man got tired of looking at the sun to try to figure out what time it was, can you imagine for a minute? When they got, when they got tired of looking at the sun to try to figure out what time it was, we created this thing known as a watch. When they, when they got t- tired of running around with no clothes on, they created this thing called clothing. That's, that's kind of the thing. Everything in life, everything that was created is to solve a problem. So my job is to locate the problem. Find the problem and the purpose will be revealed. What problem in, is your life created to solve? That's the thing you have to ask yourself. What problem is your life created to solve? There's some people in this room, maybe you have a passion to see, you know, we just got back from the streets of Mardi Gras, or New Orleans, and, and we were, uh, Mardi Gras, we were street witnessing and ministering to people, and one of the things that you come in contact with is tons of homeless people, and my heart just breaks, you know, I want to give them everything, and there's people that tell you, well, don't do this, don't do that, I, you know what, I, I don't find that in scripture, to be honest with you, I find in scripture that I'm supposed to love them unconditionally, you get what I'm saying? So there, there's a, there, for you, it may be that the homeless, that's something that you're extremely passionate about. Maybe ministering to the elderly or maybe, maybe in your life is working with the Dream Center. You want to feed people. Maybe it's dealing with people that have sickness or whatever it is. You have to find that because there's a lot of problems outside of this building. And the move of God is greater than this building. So what I've learned in my life is my entire ministry is created to solve a problem. It's created to solve problems. But I've learned this. Preparation is the precursor to purpose. Preparation is the precursor to purpose. That's why Moses was such a great leader. He knew this well. He spent years in preparation before he actually went in to lead the people out. Without preparation, your platform, your platform can actually become a curse. Because I've learned this. There's no microwave version of destiny. Your platform can become a curse. There's no microwave version of destiny. If you want destiny to come up short in your life, do something God has called you to do unprepared. You need to submit not only to the destiny and to the calling, but also to preparation. 
Preparation is the key. You see, when he prepares, when God begins to prepare you, he will drive you out of your comfort zone. He will drive you out of your comfort zone. And what's crazy about this is that can a lot of times look like chaos. Chaos. It can sometimes feel a lot like chaos when he drives you out of your comfort zone. But here's the thing. In order to give the enemy a black eye, or if you want to give the enemy a black eye, when your life seems like it's in chaos because maybe you're walking through preparation, you keep praising in spite of the chaos. Even though I may be knocked down, I'm going to get back up. I get knocked down. I get back up again. Even though I get knocked down, I get back up. You can't defeat me. You can't keep me down. Why? Because I've learned that in spite of the chaos, in spite of my circumstances, my hands are still going to be up. I'm still going to be smiling. I'm still going to be walking. I'm still going to be moving forward. Why? Because I understand the season I'm in. When you understand the season you're in, it brings validity to the moment. And so that's, that's, what's, that's, what, that's why in this life, you can't know God just through intellect alone. You can't know him just through intellect because the Bible says that we know God through spirit. Spirit is supernatural. The spirit is not part of this world. It operates above and beyond the natural world. Our relationship with God is supernatural. What does that mean? I'll break it down for you. Sometimes things don't make sense. Because his ways are higher than my ways. He doesn't do it exactly the way I would do it. And I wouldn't want him to. Because everybody would already be... Anybody I come in contact, <laughs> we'll stop. You know, that's, that's where it's at. And so you think about it. You think about it for a moment. You realize that because he's spirit, he doesn't operate. He doesn't think. He doesn't, he's not programmed the way that we are programmed. And so it doesn't always make sense. But this is what the Lord said to Joshua. He came to Joshua and says, time to fulfill your purpose. The, you've, you understand that there's... You've identified the problem. What's the problem? We haven't went into the promised land. He says there's passion there. Joshua was extremely passionate. We know the stories of him, how he, even that one moment, he said, no, nah, we can go into this promised land. We can go into this land. He even ripped his clothes saying, we can, we can accomplish this. And other people were all around him saying, no, nah, it can't be done. But Joshua was that guy. He had passion for it. But he also went through preparation. He had studied under one of the greatest leaders of all time. And so God is coming to Joshua and he's saying, it's time, Joshua, to lead the people. And here's my promises. Here's my promises to you, Joshua. I will give you every place you set your foot. He said, no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. He also said, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not get discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And I love Joshua's response. Joshua's response after God told him all these things. He goes up to the people and he says, okay, pass through. Pass through the camp and tell the people, get everything ready. Get your provision. Get your meal ready. Three days from now, we will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land. The Lord your God has given for your own. I've learned this in my life. God never does something without saying it first. He usually speaks in three ways. He usually speaks in plans, promises, and commands. I love, I love the promises of God. 
And a lot of times he speaks in promises. Those promises, I, I think about the promises that God has given me from time to time. They're profound. They're incredible. He's going to love me unconditionally no matter what I've done in my life. Don't you love the promises of God, how faithful God is, how faithful he is to see his promises come through? Because what his promises are is basically him saying, I will. I will. They're the promises of God. I love the promises of God. But he also speaks in plans. And the plans are simple. He says, I will, and if you will. You see, the plans require your participation. I have these plans to prosper you. But you're going to have to get on board with the process. You get what I'm saying? He says, I will, if you will. So he speaks in plans. He speaks in promises. But not only does he speak in plans and promises, he speaks in commands. You will. If you obey, so you will, if you obey, disappointment comes when you disobey. I know this in my life. There is no back door to the blessing and favor of God. There is no back door. We believe the lie. I'm going to be honest with you. We believe the lie that you can praise your way out. I'm going to be honest with you and be real with you for a moment. I don't believe that you can just praise your way out. I think you actually have to obey your way out. There's a principle there. So he speaks in plans, promises, and commands. And so he speaks to Joshua, and he speaks to him about a promised land. It's time to go and possess the land. There's a new leader. The process begins. Every person that's in this room today has a promised land. It's a place you've been called to occupy. It's called destiny. It's a place that you've been called to. Every person in here has a place, a promised land. Maybe you haven't gotten there in your life because you didn't know there was one. Well, today I'm letting you know that there is a land. There is a place. There is a place for you. There's a place for you to occupy in this planet. There's a promised land for every person. And I can't talk this morning about the journey into the promised land until I actually talk about the journey out. Because before God begins to take you into a promise, he's got to take you out first. He takes you out first. What, what are you saying? The whole, prom, the whole thing that you need to realize is every promised land begins with a deliverance. Every promised land begins with a deliverance. Every promised land. God pulls you out before he takes you in. A lot of times it's deliverance from habits. It's deliverance from bad thinking. Idol worship. It could be perversion. It could be hype. It could be all these different things that God is trying to pull you pull out of you. In between deliverance and promised land is this place called wilderness. I also call that development. In between, in between those two, it's called development. You see, deliverance is this. I'm taking you out of Egypt. Deliverance is I'm taking you out of Egypt. Development is I've got to get Egypt out of you. I've got to get Egypt out of you. You see, this is a growth process. Many don't like that word process. We love promise, don't we? I love promise. I love promises of God. But I don't like process. I hate going to the gym sometimes. Why? Because I don't see the results I want to see as quick as a... Are you with me? I want to walk in and I all of a sudden want muscles. But you can't. Why? Because everything's a process. Everything in life. And so we love the promise. We love the promise of, yeah, this is going to be great. This is going to be great. 
But here's the thing. The kicker is the process. The quicker it comes, the less the value. Time spent in preparation is never wasted time. We prefer, I want, we prefer the drive-thru, don't we? But when was the last time you went through a drive-thru and you got lobster or you got filet mignon, you got anything like that? When was the last time you went to McDonald's, you got ribeye, 14 hours? No, it didn't happen. It didn't happen, but that's what we would prefer. You see, anytime you get it too quickly, you will settle for a lesser version of the destiny God has for you. Deliverance is suddenly. Deliverance is glamorous. Deliverance is suddenly. Development is not. God does not develop suddenly. Deliverance is public. Development is private. Even photographers know this. You can't expose the negatives to the light too soon. God will put you, God will not put your negatives in a public place until there's been proper development. Things need to be worked out before you go public. God says this, I believe this this morning, that your public destiny is far too great for me to embarrass you. When you come out, they won't know who you are. You see, I'm thankful for a God who knows how to develop my negatives. I'm thankful for a God who knows how to develop my negatives, who cares for me. Look at the mercy and the grace of God. I will not let you walk out in public until I've developed you in private. I, will not, I won't let you walk out in public until I've developed you in private. And see, here's what we know. You know development is happening in your life when you see provision. You see, they, they, they were in that, that season, manna, quail. When you begin to see provision... In the wilderness, you get fed according to your appetite. You see, what I love about God is he will feed you and he will develop you at the same time. I'll feed you and I'll develop you. But the problem is, is so many times we mistake the provision for the promise. You get stuck when you mistake the provision for the promise. You see, we can't, we can't get caught in the in-between. And mistake what God's blessings are in our life for actual promise. That's not always the promise. See, the challenge is, is that the children of Israel, they were going through the same routine, the same cycle. And guess what? They begin to mistake the provision for the promise. They got locked up into something that they had a difficult time coming out of. You see, they got caught up in that. They ate the same thing over and over. In Exodus 16, we saw that they ate manna for how many years? 40 years. They got caught up in a routine, a pattern, a cycle. And guess what? Routines are hard to break. Suddenly you build a home in a place you are never supposed to live. Development is supposed to be a bridge to your promise. Development is supposed to be a bridge to your promise. And what I know about a bridge is not meant for a place for you to occupy or occupation. It's supposed to be a place where you cross over from one thing to the next thing. The only people that live in, under bridges or on bridges are homeless folks. And you see what happens is the children of Israel believe the bridge to be the promise. I want to talk to us for a second as Calvary. You know, we sold some land. We crossed the bridge. We got a nice church. But this ain't it. We can't settle right now. 
We can't get comfortable thinking that something's going to pay for this or whatever. I'm telling you right now, those things are great. All the developments, that's great. But God has a bigger plan for us. There are more souls to win. There are more people to reach. There are more people to feed. There is a generation to lead right now. We can't build a bri- We can't live on the bridge right now. We have to cross over into our next. We can't get stuck right now. This isn't it. There's more. There's more for us. There's more to do. And so many times it's so easy to get satisfied, to get caught up in a routine, a cycle, because we have a great pastor. We have great worship. We have all these different things. You get caught up in a routine and a cycle and miss out on the best that God has for you. It's the promise. You can't settle. And see, there was three things. When they were about to cross over, there was three things that that God had to deal with Joshua and the children of Israel, that he had to deal with them before they would actually be able to cross over into their promised land. The first thing he had to deal with was their mind. Their mind. You notice, am I the only one that noticed this? Is that the first thing God told Joshua after Moses died was Moses is dead. I was like, what? We all know that. But he's like, Moses is dead. What he was telling Joshua at that moment is don't act like the old leader. You're not going to be able to get into the promised land acting like Moses. I've called you to be different. I've called you for a different reason. For a, uh, You're leading people right now that have never fought for anything. They've been given everything the whole time when they wanted manna, when they wanted quail, when they wanted this and wanted that, they wanted deliverance. They've been given everything, so you're actually leading people that have never had to do anything or never had to fight for anything. They've been given what they needed to survive. They were farmers, and you're trying to take them from being a farmer to a fighter, Joshua. So you can't do it the way Moses did, or you'll be stuck in a routine, stuck in a pattern. So I need you to change your mindset. you got to make a mindset shift before you go in, before you're able to cross. He says this. He says, Moses is dead, but he gives him this promise. I love this, but he makes this promise. He says, I will be with you just as I was with Moses. Notice this. The promise is not that I will do what I did. The promise is not that I will do what I did. It's him being with you that matters. And so what he was telling Joshua is, let me lead you, Joshua. He won't bless who you pretend to be. Joshua, I don't want you to be Moses. I don't want you to be that person. Don't cross over acting like Moses. This is what Joshua at this moment was dealing with. This is what he was dealing with with the children of Israel. So God's trying to shift Joshua's mindset. You can't be Moses. You got to be Joshua. But here's the other thing he was dealing with. He was dealing with years of complaining, gossiping. Fear, think about all the years. He was dealing with a cycle, and he's like, God's like, here you go, Joshua, lead him. And this is what I've given you. Years of complaining and griping. You know, one of the things that all my students, all, I, you know, as a youth pastor, we had one rule in the van. That was it. In our vans, guys, they were tough to deal with at times, but... We had one rule. I would look at him and say, no, no whining or complaining, period. Everybody's making sacrifices. I don't want to hear about yours. 
And our vans, you know, they had good reasons to complain sometimes because it would be summer and we would start, you know, the AC's on and you think it's good. And then as you're climbing up a hill, the, the heater turns on. I don't even know how that, I'm sure some of you guys know what's up, but I don't even know how that's supposed to happen. You know what I'm saying? But that's, that's what we're dealing with. Think about this. Joshua is trying to take a whole bunch of farmers that have been complaining and whining and been fearful. He's trying to take them into a promised land. He's trying to take them into this land. And he's dealing with words. He's dealing with words. He's dealing with things that have been spoken because words create atmospheres. Your words create atmospheres. Their words created an atmosphere. Their words created something. And so Joshua's having to break that because what comes out of your mouth gets into your heart, whether you like it or not. Your words create an atmosphere. You see, when you begin to speak uh, expectation, an atmosphere of expectation is breeding grounds for miracles. When you begin to speak out of expectation... And what God can do and what, how God can move and how God can do this and how God, there's nothing impossible for God. It's a breeding ground for miracles and God to do the impossible. Your words create atmospheres. There was a moment in Jesus' ministry where he's going in and he's been, man, he's been moving in such a powerful way, seeing healing, seeing the dead men rise, all these things. And he goes into this one particular town. And they, they begin to speak out. Isn't that Joseph's boy? That's not, that's not, there's nothing special about him. And the Bible says this, it's crazy. The Bible says he couldn't really even heal anybody. There was nothing, he, he was limited by what they were saying. By the faith they were displaying out of their mouth. It's crazy to think that Jesus could do no mighty works there because there was no faith. Think about that. Your words create atmospheres. Whatever you call it, that's what it is. What you speak gets stuck. Words can unlock a life that you love or it can unlock a life that you hate. Words, words, words. When your words are full of faith, impossible things can be done because your words impact you. I, I made up in my mind at my house, but how we speak and how we say things, I try to really... Um, speak to the, the gifts and the fruits of the Spirit and the things that my, I see in my kids. I really try to speak life into those areas. But this is what I want my kids to grow up in at, at a church. I want them to grow up in an environment where the atmosphere, where what's being said, is a breeding ground for the impossible. Are you with me? I want your grandkids to grow up in a church where it's a breeding ground for the impossible. I want us to be able to look at the generations to come and be able to declare what God has done, how he brought us through, how he brought us out, how he delivered us, how he transformed us, how he healed us, how he set us free. I want this place to be a breeding ground for anything to happen because God is here and because his people are speaking out and declaring his works. Our words create atmospheres. You know, the other thing he had to deal with was fear. You think about it, fear. When you have this farmer mentality and you've been given everything in your life and God's telling you to go over here and it's a land with giants and things that you've never seen before, there can be a fear. Stop listening to fear. This is what Joshua had to tell him is stop listening to fear and let's put some faith in the air. 
Sometimes you got to stop listening to what it's saying. You know what happens is, all fear is, is believing the enemy more about a situation than God. New territory can be scary. But here's what Joshua is saying to him. It's time to go somewhere we've never been. If we'll allow God to lead us, he'll give us victory. So Joshua, before you cross over, your mind, your mentality has to shift. You can't go in like Moses. And, and all these folks, the, the atmosphere needs to change. The words need to change. Also, we're going to eliminate fear. We're going to go into new territory. We're going to do what I told you to do 40 years prior. So here's what happens. Not only did his mind need to change, but his, the, in Exodus 16.35, I noticed it. And if you guys read it with me, you understand that it says, we notice that the manna has started to cease right about the time when it was, when they were supposed to cross over. I was like, God, they get to the, they're about to cross over and then you cut off the supply? Why? I mean, I think like that. I'm like, God, why in the world? God, you've always provided. You're a good God. God, what is happening in this moment? And I feel like God gave me this answer. Maybe he was cutting it off because it was time for them to step into their promise. Maybe he was cutting it off because it was time for them to step into their promise. You see, maybe he was saying, I don't want you to rely on the provisions. I don't want you to rely on the things I give you. I am your source. Nobody else is your source. The provisions aren't your source. Maybe I'm cutting it off so that you will not be dependent on that and you'll be dependent on me because you're going to need me in order to cross over. Maybe he was saying that. Maybe he cut it off in order for them to step in. Because sometimes, I've learned this in my life, you've got to cook for yourself. You've got to cook for yourself. We get so dependent on on our pastors, and he's incredible. He's going to bring an incredible message next week. But we get so dependent on them to feed us, on this to happen, on this to happen. We're dependent on this person to push us, this person to encourage us. And sometimes things get cut off, so we will push ourselves. So we will cook for ourselves. And you think about it. This was the mind, the mentality that had to to change with them, the meal, what they were doing at that moment. Because sometimes he cuts it off in order to see what we were really dependent on besides the Savior. Sometimes those things can be the reason we aren't stepping in. You can love provision more than the provider. Think about it. You can fall in love with the provision. You can fall in love with the stuff more than the provider. And the thing that you got to realize is that if you get enamored, if you fall in love with the provision, you can miss out on the milk and honey. If you fall in love with the manna, if you get enamored with it, you'll miss out on the very promise that God has for you, and it's much better. Maybe today, maybe this morning, it's time to shift the mill. The manna was ceasing. They were stuck. God used the ceasing to show how dependent they were on the wrong things. So not only did he have to shift the mind and told him, like, we got to change this up. He also said the provision, the meal, all that's got to shift, that whole mentality. And so what he does, the last thing, and I'm almost done. This is what I love. Now that your mind is right, 
Now that you figured it out on the mill, you understand, you got to let him lead you all over again because the map has changed. The way that we were going in is different now. The way that we were going in at first has changed. We're going in different. And what Joshua does, his response, I love his response. Joshua 1.11, what did he say? He told the, the officials, he said, pass through. Did you notice that? He said, pass through the camp. Tell them to get their provisions ready. He told them to pass through. Pass through. See, that may not mean much to most of you guys. That may not mean much to a lot of you guys. And that may not be significant until you realize how easy it is to get stuck in. Have you ever been stuck in your life? Have you ever been at that place in your life where you feel like you're in the middle, like your promise is right over here, and it feels like you're so far that things have happened all around you, that chaos has set in, and that maybe there was betrayal that happened. Maybe there were lies. Maybe depression. Maybe all these things came at you all at once. And for whatever reason, at this moment in your life, you feel stuck. And you're promised land. You know that God has a better plan for you over there. But for whatever reason, you're stuck right here, right in this place. Have you ever been stuck? You see, sometimes what God is saying, the simple answer is when we get stuck, that sometimes you have to pass through You can't sit there and allow it. You have to pass through at times. You have to push through at times. And I believe that the Lord is saying this this morning. He's saying, pass through. The children of Israel were stuck. They had been in the same routine, the same cycle. And the Lord said, pass through. If you aren't willing to pass through, you will never stand out. You will never stand out. I've got, in my life, I've learned this. I've got to pass through. I can't get stuck. Have you ever been stuck? For me, I've been stuck at times. I've had to fast at times where I felt like I was stuck. Transition can be difficult. You know, there's times in my life where I wonder, man, God, what, what are you saying? Am I the only one? God, what are you doing? Why am I in this place that I'm in right now? And God is always faithful to lead me. And he's always faithful. There was a time where I was frustrated because just being real, man, I went from speaking like a ton of times where I travel and I speak, I do some of this stuff, but not speaking as much. And I was kind of like, I was stuck, kind of crybaby. Well, God, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you, you know, what's the season? What's this? What's this going on? You know what God said? He said, why are you complaining? He said, I'm prepping you. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, what? I'm prepping you. He said, it's time for you to pass through. This is what I want you to do. Every Thursday, you're going to prep for a sermon you'll never preach. Every Thursday on my phone, on all my on my computer, there's a sermon prep that comes up at 10 a.m. And every Thursday, I sermon prep for a message that I'm never going to preach. Why? Because I'm in preparation. And I decided that I'm not going to stay stuck on the bridge that I'm passing through. And I know that God has something right over there, a promised land for me, just like he has for you. And I know it's full of milk and honey. It's full of the things that God has for me. Sometimes you got to be willing to pass through. You see, if you aren't willing to pass through, you won't won't stand out. You can't lead it and be in it at the same time. Either I'm one of them or I'm in front of them. 
See, I'm not going to, I've learned this in my life, I'm not going to sacrifice my destiny because you're stuck in yours. Sometimes you got to be willing to leave people behind. Now, I'm not telling you to leave your husband or your wife behind. Because somebody will go out and say, Pastor Josh, the pastor get email. You know, like, Pastor Josh said, leave them behind. They're stuck. I'm gone. No, 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 no. Here's what you do. You work on yourself. Stop worrying about them. You work on yourself. You get yourself right. Begin to pray and declare that your life is going to be right. Become the husband or the wife you're supposed to be. And guess what? God will take care of them. And so you can walk together. So we're stuck, you know. But if you're stuck, sometimes you have to leave, be one to leave something behind. You can't, you can't sacrifice your destiny because they don't want to go forward. Some relationships need to be left behind. That may have worked for me while I was in the wilderness, but it doesn't work for me in the promised land. Are you with me? You think of the miracles this morning that required passing through. I, the first one I think of is the woman with the issue of blood. What she have to do? The Bible says that she pushed through the crowd and she touched the hem of his garment. And the Bible says that Dunamis, that power released from him. And there was healing that took place at that moment. She pushed through everything. Blind Barmaeus was over in the court and he had been blind for years and years and years. And you think about this. The crowd came and tried to shut him down, tried to tell, told him to stop talking, stop screaming, stop, stop, don't bother Jesus, don't bother him. You know what the Bible says? He says he began to shout all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. He pushed through. And my favorite one is Peter and John are walking. They're passing through the town. And as they begin to pass through, guess what happens? Their shadow, the shadows, they're not even laying hands on the sick. Their shadows are healing the sick. Their shadows are setting people free. Their shadows are delivering people as they begin to pass through. I want you to look at somebody and tell them I'm passing through. Look at the person you just ignored and tell them I'm passing through. You see, the Lord, this is the whole thing. The Lord wanted them to begin to walk. There's a reason why. He wanted them to begin to walk. He said, okay, you've had this farmer mentality. Okay, but you're going to go into the promised land as a fighter. So I'm going to give you a sword. So you're going to walk into the promised land with a sword, but the enemy is actually more concerned about your feet. Think about this. What was the promise that God gave Joshua? Everywhere your foot, everywhere your footsteps is yours. So what was the enemy? The enemy wasn't concerned about the sword, the spears. He was concerned about them walking. He was concerned about their footsteps. Why? Because I will give you every place you set your foot. You think about this. In 2019, I believe this over this Calvary family, that I believe that everywhere we place our feet, God is going to give us victory. I've been sent here to tell you this morning to put your foot on it. You need to put your foot on some things this morning. You need to put your foot on your healing. You need to put your foot on your deliverance. You need to put your foot on hey, saying no to anxiety and to depression. You need to put your foot on your family that's been running from God. It's, there are some things that we need to put our foot on. Are you with me this morning? I've been sent here to tell you to put your foot on it. To put your foot on it, to put your foot on it. I have people in my life, family members, 
that I've been praying. And this year, as I was praying yesterday, right over in the field, I began to stomp my feet. I was stomping my feet just like this and saying, God, I know you're going to give me my brother. My brother's called to lead worship. My brother's called to lead worship. My brother's a worshiper. He's a warrior. He's not what he is right now. And he may not look like that right now, but I know what he's called to do. I know it. I know it. Some of you got family members, friends. You got people in your life that you need to start declaring. Declaring, declaring, declaring. I am putting my foot down this year, 2019, no more. I want you to stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. All across this room. And right there where you're at, I want you to begin to take a step. Right there. If that's you, if you got some people in your life you know that are running from God, if you got some things that you need in your life, Maybe there's some healing that needs to take place in your life. I want you to take a step. Take a step. Begin to take a step. Begin to take a step right there where you're at. You know why? Because everywhere I take a step, everywhere my footsteps, it belongs to me. Everywhere I put my foot down, it belongs to me. There's some of you that have been complaining about your place of work. You've been complaining about your boss, your job. You need to walk into that place because you, you create atmospheres. You walk into that place and you say, you know what? The atmosphere is changing. The atmosphere is changing. My boss is going to come to know the Lord. You know, when everybody else is leaving work early and they're not paying the price, I'm going to stay a little bit extra. Why? Because he's going to see Jesus in me. He's going to know that I'm in love with Jesus. He's going to see something different about me because I'm not called to blend in. I'm called to stand out. It's time to put your foot on some things this morning. It's time to put your foot on some things this morning.